second. India have won the test match. India have won the series. They're going to get back for two. Hello and welcome to 81 All Out Podcast. Uh, this is Mahesh at Corner. Uh, in this episode, we are going to continue our Street Cricket Chronicles series. We started with Delhi, we moved to Karnataka, then Bengal. We come back down south again to my home state of Tamil Nadu. Uh, like we did with Bengal, we're going to look at Tamil Nadu from the perspective of two different cities, uh, from Chennai and uh, Coimbatore. To talk about the perspective of Chennai, I've got my fellow 81, colleague, 81 All Out colleague, Ashoka Rao with me. Welcome back, Ashoka. Hi, Mahesh. Good to be here. Good to be part, part of the podcast again. Thank you. And to talk about Kamatov, we've got a very special guest today. Uh, very glad he, was, uh, he had agreed to join. We've got the Tamil Nadu wicketkeeper Narayan Jagadizan with us, who's also part of the Chennai Super Kings squad and a man who scored 100 in every season of uh, his first class season so far for Tamil Nadu. Uh, thanks, Jagadizan. Thanks a lot for joining us. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Okay, let's uh, let's set the scene now. Uh, in fact, uh, it'll be a great uh, uh, place for Jagadeesan to start a, giving us a little bit of a background about about the street cricket in in Coimbatore. And uh, can you can you give us a sense of the imagery and and the scene and the kind of place that you played in and the uh, and the kind of people that you played with? Um, I think to begin with, uh, most of my street cricket and you know my. Tennis ball cricket started during my school days. So, so basically, I, I used to just play play cricket with my friends. And, uh, you know, they were pretty competitive. And we used to play every lunch period. And also, supposing we get a PT period or free period, we always used to play um, cricket. So, that was one way where I started playing tennis ball cricket. Is that your first introduction to the game or, or that was just what you did in school and you were also going for some formal coaching and stuff like that? No, to be honest, I mean, I started playing tennis ball cricket only after I started playing proper cricket ball. So my formal introduction to my cricketing career was, you know, uh, it was only because of my dad and he was the one who took me to an academy called GCT in the beginning. So I joined when I was about um, seven years old. So. That's when it started for me. That was the beginning of my career. And uh, as time went by, you know, I played a lot of tennis ball cricket and something, some moments and all these tennis ball crickets were really cherishable. And uh, yeah, that's how it all began. Usually like someone like Ashwin, for instance, talks about how competitive his growing up tennis ball cricket experience was and and subsequently when he started playing uh, more formal sort of structured cricket a lot of that competitive instincts helped him uh, you know in in the formal cricket as well so it's very uh, interesting to hear that you had the formal experience first and then and then the informal experience in that sense do you find it uh, sort of liberating to play uh, you know in, in an informal setting with just tennis ball with a bunch of guys who do not take cricket as seriously as uh, let's say you would or your colleagues in, in the formal setting would? I mean, I think for me, when I started playing cricket ball, uh, I think it was, you know, it was only because I loved the game. And especially when I moved on to tennis ball, it was nothing but to, you know, just express myself over there because I had nothing to lose playing a tennis ball game with my friends. It was simply just to, you know, enjoy my time with my friends and also, you know, create a lot of memories. Obviously, we were back, in, back in school, we, we were really close and, uh, you know, we just played a lot of tennis ball cricket just for fun. That's it. But when it came to cricket ball, it it has always been serious. And yes, it's a very competitive world. But at the same time, 
I mean, it's not like the tennis ball cricket where you can just go play for fun. Every session you do has got to be a purpose in it, and uh, you you need to try and improve each and every session. So that's the difference between tennis ball and cricket ball. What I've experienced. Okay, can you can you give us a little bit of a picture of of let's say the kind of place that you played in? Was it always a full proper ground, or did you play on the roads in the streets with weird wacky rules with weird dimensions? Um. I mean, when I, I mean, the first ground which I went to was a college named GCT. So that ground had a, had a, it was the dimensions were proper and that, but at the same time, all the dimensions were proper and that, and uh, obviously you didn't have a lot of grass over there. You, the, you know, the outfield was just very muddy, and uh, you know, every time you put on a pair of whites, it's not going to be used again because it becomes so dirty over there. So that was the kind of ground we used to play in and that's how we started i mean because we were i mean especially being in kwambato we weren't privileged to have a ground which had you know been covered with grass all around so we had to you know play our cricket on mud and we also had to you know endure a lot of injuries because of the ground so that is something which actually toughened each and every people who actually started playing cricket with me and especially me because being a wicketkeeper you always need to move and you know dive so that was the kind of ground i started playing in and um, obviously as time went by and once you start playing for the state team that's when you actually go see a ground which is grass covered and that's probably the first experience i got playing in a good grass ground uh, i have a question there uh, uh, was wicket keeping your uh, natural choice is that something that came to you and uh, therefore you decided to be there or was that an inspiration from someone else or uh, that is is that something that happened incidentally i mean it was definitely not my intentional go to job because i used to hate wicket keeping um i think i started wicket keeping only because of my dad because he himself was a cricketer and also used to be a wicket keeper so well in the beginning i started bowling fast bowling and uh, you know i was chucking a lot so how I, i was trying to get it right but i wasn't able to so a uh, good thing is that my dad figured it out that i was chucking very early in my career and uh, you know he insisted me on becoming a being a wicket keeper so yes i mean probably for around 5 6 years i wasn't enjoying wicket keeping like my batting it was like it was more over it was like okay he's made me a wicket keeper so let me just go catch the ball i had no interest in doing wicket keeping but as time went by i started lo- i mean i started loving wicket keeping and you know i'm so glad and uh, i'm so happy that my dad made me into a wicket keeper oh fantastic no because i ask i, I also ask it in the in the context of street cricket because uh, uh, obviously you're you're a far more skilled professional than both of us uh, but uh, as far as i remember in street cricket there used to be a premium on the wicket keeping job because then you don't have to run and uh, <laughs> you don't have to cover a lo- lot of ground you can just uh, uh, you can just be stationary but uh, that is just within the scope of street cricket right like when you play with friends so uh, i thought uh, there was some incentive there for you when you started uh, that way <laughs> no but there's also another side to it you know playing a tennis ball cricket if you're a wicket keeper you get to bat first if you bowl first over i don't think you're going to get batting opening of first down so that was also one issue over there everybody chose to 
you know, be a wicket keeper. <laughs> Because I think yeah, tennis yeah. ball rule says that if you're going to bowl first, you're going to bat last. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah unless you're you're the captain or you 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 own the bat and ball. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Ashoka, coming to coming to Chennai, and and uh, I found it a little funny when uh, when Jagadishan said that uh, we don't come from a privileged place like Chennai, which uh, which is perhaps true if you're a professional cricketer, but for a street cricketer in Chennai, there's hardly any place. Uh, so, what was your first experience of playing street cricket in Chennai? Okay, okay. for the sake of a, a fair disclosure, uh, uh, let's just say that uh, the only person representing Chennai in this podcast is you. uh <laughs> because uh, uh when i was like uh, around 6 or 7 we moved uh, near chengalpet which 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 i don't think it is fair in the 90s to call it chennai so uh, it it was not chennai definitely it may be chennai now but uh, fr- but from time to time i used to visit chennai a lot because uh, uh, friends and families used to be there and uh, we used to play there and the principal the, the principal problem was a finding a ground or or let's say finding a space where you can have at least a narrow corridor which can be called a wicket or 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 the pitch so then you'll have to rely on imagination because then you can't hit on the off or the on like that freely then you'll have to uh, you you will have to imagine rules saying that yeah i hit that hard so it's a 2g or or a 4g or a 6g or uh, so uh, so so g's are given right like it is given if you hit 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 something and it goes into certain direction and uh, it's it's a granted or a given a run so you have to use imagination you have to use uh, judgment uh, uh, in applying rules and also it's a it's a skill it becomes its own skill because you do, you can't hit hard you can't you can't play because there is also this rule of uh, one hand one pitch uh, which which means that you can't play you can't hit the ball hard on the ground or if you are going to hit it on the ground you have to hit it so that uh, uh, it, it the ball bounces the second time quite very quickly near your feet and stuff like that so it 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 is it is not cricket as cricket is defined but it becomes its own game so that's my experience with chennai but uh, boy man uh, i really uh, understand what jagdishan is saying because once we moved to chengalpet or, or something uh, outside chennai you have vast real estate to play because uh, we didn't have that kind of uh, you know uh, number of houses were very few and far in between outside the city so you had like vast uh, areas to play uh again same i could relate to what jagdishan was saying because the outfield was so bad that you you can't dive i mean there is it it even if you dive in the heat of the moment i think you end up with uh, severe uh, you know injuries uh, uh like your 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 dress more than spoil it'll also be blood stained and stuff like that more often than not like my knees knees below used to be always scarred and uh, uh so so th- those were the challenges of or, or let's say those were the differentiation between playing in chennai and playing outside chennai that uh, it it had the, the, those both had its own set of challenges okay let me just come in here and then kind of uh, offer the chennai perspective uh, i don't know what you guys are talking about when it comes to real estate and bad outfield 
we didn't have an outfield to begin with. we didn't have an outfield to begin with so you we, didn't have a you didn't have a field forget outfield okay. you didn't so have a played, field we played three kinds of cricket one is on the terrace which is always available for you with all kinds of made up rules one pitch one hand a uh, number of times it, you hit the wall uh, if it goes out you're naturally out sometimes when we don't have enough people we've invented new rules where we said you know you have to play only one shot so at the beginning of the innings you have to define a shot let's say if you say sweep you have to play sweep no matter what i bowl if you even so much as leave a ball if it's wide that's out if you play any shot which is not sweep it's out so that is how much you had to be inventive to kind of entertain yourself of playing cricket uh, that's one the other spot is is on the street where uh, where you play during a relatively quieter time and you kind of give way for the cars and bikes as they go and that's that's where you have a little bit of space for you to even have a proper run up and bowl and play the other one is is a ground and in every society like if you are from west mambalam tinagar you'll go to somasundram ground and if you are from kodumbakkam traspuram you'll go to traspuram ground or the whole of chennai goes to what is called what used to be called idpl which i believe uh, cricket is not played anymore there which is some conglomeration of massive open spaces which is owned by a private sort of industrial enterprise but for some reason no construction was going on so it was available for all the the city people to play cricket in so if you go there on a sunday there must be thousands of people over there playing cricket and that's about the only open space we have otherwise uh, if you go to traspuram there must be 20 ma- matches going on in one proper cricket sized ground and uh, jagadishan might know a little bit of uh, background to this i'm not sure so apparently uh, lakshmipati balaji grew up there so he used to play in a very small ground called gilnagar ground and also in traspuram ground i moved to that locality uh, well after balaji became a star for tamil nadu and probably he played he played for india at that time but everybody in that ground has some story about balaji and there's a guy called michael who's the most fascinating character in the entire uh, locality he says when balaji came to the ground he did not even know how to grip a cricket ball i was the one who taught him how to hold a cricket ball and uh, and you know hold the correct seam position and that's one of the reasons why he's got this extraordinary restriction that he has and he went on telling this and and as naive little guys we used to believe it right till you understand that these are stories that are made up after balaji became popular but that that really is is the most exciting part of our lives the fact that balaji played there otherwise you know we were really struggling to just barely stay alive you know any ball could hit us from anywhere i might i might be a mid wicket fielder in one place and and a short leg fielder in another match but purely by coincidence so that is how much shortage of space had a say in uh, uh, say in our everyday cricket lives so unfortunately jagdeesh and i have no sympathy for your bad outfield <laughs> no i totally agree to be honest um you know i've had a lot of conversations with bala bhai and yes he was one of the best tennis ball cricketers ever i think in tamil nadu you know uh, there was one ranji uh, there's one incident which i'd like to tell you you know there was a match in belgaum we were playing against gujarat it was a ranji trophy game and uh, i wasn't playing that game so at that point of time i was you know sitting inside the dressing room and i was just holding a bat and i had a tennis ball i just kept tapping it and all of a sudden balabai came in and you know he was like come let's play for a while he said so so yeah again i was standing in one corner of the dressing room and he was standing at the other corner and he started bowling to me in in, in the tennis ball and you know i was just standing there and i was just trying to hit the ball but there was no way i was able to connect the ball because you know the kind of variations in the way he was bowling 
I had no clue what he was bowling, and I haven't seen him play a lot of tennis ball cricket. But I've heard a lot of people, and I've heard Bala Bai tell himself saying, you know, he was a very good um, tennis ball cricketer. And many people they've told me that he was probably the best tennis ball bowler at that time. Probably getting. I mean, it was before he got into professional cricket, though. Interesting. So, what for for someone who was already serious into cricket, uh, apart from the simple joy of probably hitting the ball wherever you want to and not have the pressure of sort of performing or whatever, what else uh, did the tennis ball cricket give you in terms of either pleasure or or sort of added perspective to your your serious cricket as well? Um, I mean, when you say that I had no pressure, that was that's not true actually because you know. back in school we used to have all these division matches it was a against b b against c and a against c like that so all these matches were really important because you know every people in my class would depend on me so you know there was some added pressure for me saying that okay fine no matter who's going to come at me i think i have to score runs if i don't score runs especially in school your name is not going to be you know really good they they start making fun of you saying Oh, he's a professional cricketer, but who can't score runs against you know other classmates and st- other other schoolmates and stuff. So it was really pressurizing for me. And I think each and every time I went on to bat, you know, although although I wasn't taking it very seriously, but I had the pressure of you know not getting out, but at the same time scoring a lot of runs and making sure that the team wins. interesting so have you ever felt depressed after failing at at a tennis ball match in school think what am i, I doing have. I, okay <laughs> i have yeah so as i said again it was i mean we i don't really you know give a damn when we play against ourselves so but during all these division games there was there were couple of times where i went there and you know i got out in single digits so those were the times i felt really low saying shit i mean obviously obviously i think i've practiced more than them and i think i'm more skillful than them but yet i just got out so early and uh, you know i felt really bad for myself saying okay uh, probably this is not what i should be doing over here i should be you know showcasing myself to be on a different level over here that's something which i always thought after getting out in division matches So did you have anybody making fun of you probably you know because naturally you are used to playing cricket in a certain way you know like for instance going back and across if the ball is short and stuff like that in in tennis ball cricket nobody does anything like that you just hit through the line so uh, were you ridiculed for playing cricket the proper way that that you couldn't uh, make the transition as much as uh, as uh, the rest of them expected you to be um well to be honest there were people who made fun of me to be honest um it was i mean i i i very well remember the one incident you know there was one house team match obviously it was not tennis ball we played using a cricket ball <laughs> so it was against uh, two house teams i was playing for tigers and there was another player named rohit rao he happens to be my closest friend so he was playing for the lions team so that game i went in and you know I did score a lot of runs that game to on my defense. So I got about 65 of 18 balls or something that game. But the 19th ball I got out to him. So he's not someone who plays cricket regularly. Just Chuma comes in plays because you know people forced him to play all those matches and he's also a good uh, cricket lover. So he just wanted to Chuma play those matches. So while playing those games I got out to him and till till date I think he makes fun of me saying that 
I'm someone who actually got your wickets, so why don't you, you know, talk to someone else and not me and stuff? <laughs> That's fine. That's getting out. But in terms of in terms of your technique and 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 uh, the style of play, which is uh, I'm very sure is not uh, how a typical uh, cricketer who grew up playing tennis ball plays. Yeah, definitely not. I think uh, you know, being a being a cricketer who's taken it as a profession. I mean, I, when I go and play tennis ball cricket, you see a lot of tennis ball cricketers play with the horizontal bat. You know, that's probably especially when they spin the ball. The best way to hit the ball is you know using a horizontal bat. But whereas the kind of cricket which I'm playing, I think we are more reliant on playing with a vertical bat. So especially when I was playing against good tennis ball bowlers or something, I found it very difficult because you know, I, I personally feel that a uh, tennis ball cricketer who's especially a bowler can you know be a very good bowler with the cricket ball but a batsman who's really been playing a lot of cricket ball cannot adapt to tennis ball because it's totally a different ball game altogether for the batsman i feel so i think batting wise technique changes for both interesting uh, talking of bats uh, it's it's a it's a repeating theme in our street cricket uh, chronicles uh i'm i'm guessing that it's probably not a typical experience for you going by your narrative so far but typically uh the bats that that we use for tennis ball cricket ashoka you can actually pinch in here i'm sure it'll be a similar experience for you is that it is nowhere near what a proper cricket ball uh, bat looks like right the the kind of bat that you would have played with absolutely uh, not is fairly Do useless you... for playing in tennis ball because tennis ball needs a fairly light bat that you can just swing around right do do you remember uh, in the 90s that uh, boost and bonvita used to give a free bat uh, <laughs> when you buy I buy a, you remember it right that I that know, is I the know. bat that is the bat that we had and then we we heard a rumor that uh, either jayasurya uh, is using uh, uh, steel in his bat so what do, what we used to do was we take that fragile bat and add a steel sheet on top of it nail it to the corner of the thing completely ruined the bat the bat will look like uh, it has come from that uh, mad max world like uh, <laughs> completely with metal half metal and half uh, wood and that too fragile wood and we used to take it and play it with that heavy rubber cork it is not it it not even used to be tennis balls because uh, uh, see uh, there, there has to be some kind of a financial uh, level at which you can go and buy a tennis ball like even if uh, our entire team pulled money right like if we couldn't we will still be like 3 or 4 rupees short of that so so the, so the, so our only option was take a rubber cork which was like 10 or 12 rupees as opposed to a tennis ball which was 30 rupees so we we'll we'll play with that and that ball when it hits the bat already you have made the bat fragile with all this uh engineering uh, uh, metal engineering that you put into it so we used to break a lot of bats trying to uh, do some crazy engineering and in even if we didn't right that those bats like really didn't hold up like you you would often be you would often top edge it because at the at the pace the ball was bowled even if you hit the middle right today bats if you hit even the edge it will go for six i think those bats are the exact opposite even if you hit the middle i think you'll you 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 will be safely caught at mid on that that is the that is the kind of bats that we had so our only option was to 
either dabble it to third man or to fine leg and take uh, i mean run it down for four that was our only boundary option we can't uh, we had no hopes of clearing sixes and all sorry ashoka i have to intervene here i can't believe there is a parlance called dabbling to third man or fine leg in street cricket You're no that, that, is, that is uh, hello uh, that is that is uh, uh, that is retrospective uh, lingo man that is after like 20 years down the line when i look at it that's what i think we did uh, 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 if you want to say this in tamil it's like 32 odrudu அது அப்படி விக்கெட்டுக்கு பின்னாடி தட்டி விட்டா அது ஃபோர் போயிடும் ஹெவி and it's easier to hit for a six but it's much more difficult to actually connect the ball because the, the ball is very uneven in its bounce and it's very hard and comes pretty fast and then you have cork ball which is a very it's just a very heavy piece of i don't know it's uh, I, i i don't even know what material it's made of it's just extremely heavy it doesn't bounce enough it's like i think a, it's it's rubber inside rubber inside rubber so it goes but it's some extremely it. heavy rubber right it doesn't it just doesn't bounce enough and somebody is drawn a seam over there it's like a, a drawn seam rather than any real material seam over there and then you have rubber cock and then tennis balls as well and tennis ball comes in many varieties right so uh, this costco cricket but in chennai the most popular ball is actually a ball called mercury and the truly professional yeah. teams not only buy mercury they also do something on top of it they actually burn the outer layers of mercury using yeah, yeah, yeah. matchstick and, and whatever paper fire or whatever and and make it a little more rounded and harder so that the ball one offers space and bounces more so that, that, so typically if you are playing for a serious tennis ball team which talks about cricket every week and which is looking forward to a sunday match from friday itself you know they are the people who will buy a a few mercury balls and keep it burnt already so that the ball is match ready going into it and yeah. bat like you mentioned one you know when you start off of course you buy these boost maltova whatever bats and then once you go to fairly serious tennis ball level uh, there are these extremely light bats I, like you know i can't even believe those bats uh, offer you this offer you the sense that you're holding on to something they they are so light and if they are remotely heavy what these people do is they chop off the mid segment on the back of the bat to make it lighter and the entire point of that bat is to just swing it either you hit a four or a six or it catches an edge and goes somewhere and you run yeah so so the, so the, so the serious bats are reserved for bet matches it is not reserved for <laughs> no, no those serious bats are also this right bet matches for instance uh, so I, you know like uh, i mean uh, for some of us right when especially for when we are young we are stra- caught in the straddling uh, of two worlds right one you you start off playing tennis ball cricket and you also want to play that at some level you also have this uh, outside hope of trying your hand at serious cricket like like jagdeesan mentioned you you play for your house you play in school you play for your zonal interzonal district matches or whatever so in your cricket kit you have the tennis ball sort of cricket bats as well as the 
the cricket ball, cricket bat. And sometimes it's very tempting to carry your proper cricket bat to the tennis ball match. Nobody takes your bat to play, right? You will feel like everybody will queue up to pick your bat and play. Nobody touches it because those guys know that this bat doesn't work for tennis ball cricket. Yeah, 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 yeah. And have you, have you that's, why, that's why, at least in that's why, at least in the nineties, uh, though though we adore Sachin, uh, uh, the the really useful role model for us for at least street cricket was Azhar, because. because the bats used to be lighter right so the strokes that were there were like plonk your foot across the line and they try to dab it this way or that way so that used to be uh, that used to be far more helpful to us like obviously everyone tries to emulate sachin and uh, so can i can i do one humble brag here yeah uh, so i spent a little bit of but, my childhood but uh, but uh, please understand that we have a, a, an accomplished professional sitting here Uh, no, no I, I'm sure I can afford to humble brag for this even in front of him. <laughs> no, to be honest, I'm learning a lot of things right now because I really did not know that you know they used to burn the rubber and stuff. You know, because I'm learning a lot of stuff. <laughs> no, this used to be all like uh, we uh, street cricket used to have its signs of its own. Like it was not verified by it. Half of it is or ninety percent of it is fake news, as we call it. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, no. Talking please. of Azhar's bat, I spent a, a very small amount of time in uh, of my childhood in Delhi. I was there for three years, and I was fairly active in in the street cricket scene over there. So there was a group with which we play cricket every Sunday. In that, one of the guys was this hyper posh guy who owned one of the uh, big hotels in Delhi, La Royal Meridian or whatever, and he knows Azharuddin personally well, and he's this show off guy. So for this local tennis ball match, he brought along a bat that Azhar had gifted him. So I had the uh, fortune of playing with an actual Azharuddin bat, and trust me, wow. while we've read all kinds of reports about how that's the lightest bat in professional cricket, for a tennis ball cricket that is extremely heavy. No wow. tennis ball <laughs> cricketer worth his salt is going to use that bat. <laughs> okay, okay, point taken. But this guy used to tell me that that's the bat in which uh, Azhar scored the hundred against uh, South Africa in in Eden Gardens, where he scored the five boundaries of Klozna. I don't know how true that is. For the longest time, I used to believe it, but, but then I realized it may not be true. I don't want to stick to that story, but part of me believes that that was true. Obviously, there are different specifications for you know two different cricket balls. Um, I think, I think for cricket ball, when I used to play at least back in the school. uh you know in colloquial terms they used to call they used to be you know called as the mahu bat so so basically it wasn't made of wood it's more of like a, you know there were bats which was like more of you know plaster of paris or something like that so bats were of that thing and supposing if somebody wanted to get a bat that was really made of wood they would always prefer the kashmir willow nobody you know was willing to get the english willow to play tennis ball because all the english willow bats were also a bit more expensive than kashmir willow like there was a big margin between kashmir and english willow so for for all i know all people who used to play a lot of tennis ball they always preferred the uh, kashmir willow or this marble bat uh, me playing a lot, for for the amount of tennis ball cricket i have played i all, i still prefer the marble bat because i feel that is you know more powerful while playing the tennis ball cricket or you know even rubber ball and when it comes to cock ball i think obviously people go for kashmir willow 
So are you saying you played with cockball? I'm very curious to learn this. Yeah, I have played a lot of uh, cockball. Like obviously it was during the beginning of my career. So you know, stitch balls were pretty expensive at that top that point of time. Supposing if I had to go play with a friend, you know, for some reason I really don't understand why this was a mental thing for each and everyone. Whenever I gave some of my friends a cricket ball, they always felt it was, you know, very hard and you know, I think I don't know it was it's some mental thing for everybody and whenever i gave them a cock ball they were like okay fine masha let's go play with this cock ball what's the deal now i've never understood the thing between that people always prefer the cock ball more than the cricket ball whereas i feel the cock ball is much harder and i think it hurts a lot if you get it's it. extremely painful right yeah it is but for some reason people always thought you know the cricket ball is much harder and you know it's not safe to play without pads and stuff but people are okay playing with the cock ball without pads abdomen guards yeah, yeah and if yeah. you had a good bat which i suppose you would have had even when you were young i am sure you wouldn't have used it against the cock ball right never i've never used it for tennis ball as well tennis ball i understand cock ball it can break the bat right yeah it will it will so i've never used my best bats to play cock ball and stuff Okay, okay. Uh, slightly, I know this is not strictly amateur territory, but I, I want to know a little bit about uh, the evolution of bats while you were growing up. Did you also have these oil sheet bats and oil bats and and seasoning them like for months, tying up a sock uh, with a ball and seasoning them for months, or or by the time you were growing up, you already got pre-seasoned bats? You you read no, my mind. I was about to ask the same <laughs> question. Yeah. <laughs> i think by the time i started playing cricket you know we got a lot of bats which were you know seasoned but not like the bats you get right now i mean when when i started playing cricket it was always when you get a bat you know to, you need to use the bat you know again putting it in a sock or playing hanging ball and stuff i think you need, you had to season the bat for about a week or something and you had to use your hammer to keep hitting the middle edge and stuff so that was the way it started and the evolution was such that right now the bats which i get i just you know put a fiber tape and i just go and play no matter what the ball is even if it is a new ball i'm okay playing with it but interestingly i mean this was you know more interesting i mean i've seen a lot of my dad's bat so all those bats right now the bats are literally white in color but back in the days i think the bats were literally brown in color you know the famous sg bat which had So Sunil Gavaskar's name on it. So those bats were brown in color, and you know the way to season those bats were literally you had to put some oil on top of it, and then you know had to keep it, then again season it. So it was a longer process. So this is the evolution which I've actually seen. Ah, okay. So your dad must have kind of uh, reminded you quite often about how privileged you are to live in this generation where you can. pick up a bat from the shelf and just go and play a match right That's he must have spent months preparing a bat ready for the match very true very true but at the same time at some point of time i do actually feel like okay it would have been fun to you know at least experience or go through the process of you know smearing some oil on top of the bat and you know getting it ready and keeping it to dry and stuff and all so i think even that would have been a good experience but i've never experienced that because the bats are pre-season right now there there used to be a person assigned in the team to do that like we used to have team bats which is we all pull money together and put it and then there used to be a person who used to have 
I'm I'm doing air quotes here. Technique, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah, that is true. He has to be able to hit the ball properly, right? If you hit the edge, you're screwing the bat. No, no, not yeah. just the not just the that, and uh, even the oiling process, and uh, it used to be a big ritual by itself. Like, uh, and uh, even if we ran out of like, even if that day we didn't have any bats, we will never go and pick that bat up because within that period you are supposed to strictly supposed to not use that bat and all that. So there used to be a lot of. Uh, you know a ritual around buying new bats itself uh, i don't think that exists now uh, it will be silly also if it existed now but uh, uh, yeah it, those used to be some unique things of the 90s at least well that's true most of the bats are team bats and very rarely maybe you do something extraordinary well in life you get a first rank or whatever you do well in board exams you'll probably get a bat of your own and uh, it's like the scene in chennai 28 right where that guy sleeps with his bat so it becomes such a personal position for for people i mean it's also explained by two things one is uh, is the street cricket culture and also i think the the the, the economics of of middle class life has changed so if you take even in an amateur circle now i think everybody every kid has a bat like in fact where i live here when i just look at the window there's a basketball court it's a half court there are 20 people playing with 20 different balls so you know that's how much probably the economics has changed i am sure that doesn't apply for for the current generation but when we were growing up it was like one bat per team and somebody who's done extraordinarily well in life their parents will bless them with with the bat of their own <laughs> true very true so have you ever played what is called the sodoka ball or not i have i mean bala i play bala by ball that to me and i was like how do you even ball that and in fact each and every bowler who plays cricket ball i think they're well aware of the sodoka ball you see a lot i can never bowl that but everybody is well aware of that ball yeah but it comes out very differently in tennis ball i know like for instance someone like ashwin picked it up from uh, tennis ball and uh, mm-hmm. we had vijay bharadwaj talking about it uh, that there were similar he it's a different term in kannada but essentially the same ball uh, there were similar bowlers in in local tennis circle uh, tennis ball cricket circle in bangalore as well but it comes out extremely differently when they bowl it at tennis ball like a carrom ball you know if you if you as a batsman you play it like you know 100 balls then after that it becomes easier for you to pick but this uh, the, the one with tennis ball because you can literally crush the ball right you can in cricket ball you can't crush it you can just hold it differently but here you can yeah. literally take the air out of the ball and then push it and then release it then it, it the characteristics are somewhat different so to say that's true um yeah again when I, when i back you know when they bowl the ball it's, as you said like they actually crush the ball and then they bowl but you you, know, you never know what side it's going to spin i think if i feel it's going to be a be an off spinner it's going to go away from me so if i feel it's going to be a leg spinner it's going to come on uh, into my body so i really had no clue and even now i don't have clue how to play that but interestingly so when we had a tnpl season going on we always had you know during our off days we always had these tennis ball matches with the team i played for dindigul dragon so our team there were a lot of tennis ball cricketers in that team so there was one cricketer named natraj jayaprakash he also went on to play for ipl and stuff so so he was batting and i was also batting so natraj is someone who actually bats number 11 in cricket ball and in tennis ball and i am an opening batsman so that's the difference i can tell you right now so while playing tennis ball cricket 
again as usual i went opening and you know natraji came in one down so there was another bowler in our team who was really an expert in tennis ball cricket so the way he was bowling i had no clue how to hit the ball so all of a sudden natraj walks in and somehow i just you know happened to be the non striker and all of a sudden you see this number 11 batsman thrashing him right left and center no matter how he was bowling so again yeah i feel it's again practice and you know the way you play for people who have actually lived playing their life playing a lot of tennis ball cricket i think it becomes an habit and you know again the sodaku ball is not something which the bowlers can also easily escape from to a professional tennis ball cricketer but for professional cricketers i think sodaku ball is something which they'll never figure it out do you think uh, so so now the, you have told us two instances where where the mindset becomes a principal factor transitioning from street cricket to professional cricket so do you think that uh, there is a barrier to move across uh, which is slightly difficult if you if you start playing street cricket and tennis ball cricket for a while uh, the uh, how how big of a step is it from there till let's say basics of professional cricket um i think there is a lot of difference um you know i mean people who actually played a bit of cricket and who are well aware of their game they actually go and play a lot of uh, tennis ball cricket because they are well aware of what they need to do in a proper professional cricket match but for people who are aspiring to become professional cricketers all my coaches and you know many of the senior players also tell them not to play a lot of tennis ball cricket because like how i mentioned you know a batsman he plays a lot of horizontal bat shots in tennis ball cricket there's very minimal chances of you striking the ball perfectly when you play with a vertical bat so for someone who's growing up and who's just learning about the game people don't advise them to play a lot of tennis ball cricket but for bowlers i don't think so bowlers they actually go and play a lot of tennis ball cricket but for batsmen even i personally think it takes a lot of toll is is, is that relevant even for t20s as well let's say a t20 specialist batsman uh, uh, do you think that tennis ball cricket might be slightly counterproductive for uh, that uh, that batsman uh, because the because of the mindset issue and also the nature of ball hitting itself 100% i think uh, i mean there's also another ad- uh, there's also an advantage in this so being a tennis ball cricketer when it comes to cricket ball obviously the ball is much harder and you know the bo- the behavior of the ball also changes a lot when it comes to a proper stitch ball but when someone has got the flow of a tennis ball cricket which is horizontal and you know it's something where you need to generate a lot of power from your core rather than timing so people try to hit the ball so if people are really well known with that flow i think it comes in very handy at times you know if you see someone who you can actually attack and he's got that flow even your miss hits are going to go for a big six so that is i've seen a lot of players also benefit from tennis ball cricket but for players like me i'm i'm not someone who plays with horizontal bat so it's a difference like hard it is i think the flow helps them hit bigger sixes but for a batsman like me and let's say since abhinav mukund was there in your show for a batsman like abhinav mukund i don't think that is going to play a huge role 
and also there's another thing you know i mean i'm no i mean i wouldn't say no if i get the opportunity to you know have that bat flow as well you know you see a lot of players like chris lin and stuff every time they hit hit a six or the way they bat it's like literally baseball they play with horizontal bats so that's also something and you see the biggest hitters of the cricket uh, of the game hit with horizontal bat there are very few people who hit big 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 sixes with vertical bat but again if i get a chance to you know improve on my horizontal swing i wouldn't say no but at the same time i'm not going to do this by compensating saying okay let me practice a lot of this in you know vertical bat we'll just leave it so that's not the way i'd prefer Uh, I know you use some terms like stitch ball, for instance, which I was very curious about, and also you mentioned rubber ball in between, and you have certainly played with cork ball. Uh, can you give us a sense of what are the unique local parlance that you use in Coimbatore, which is not even, let's say, used in Chennai, for instance? Shit, unfortunately, I have not, you know, played a lot of cricket like that, so I really have no, no idea. No, not necessarily in tennis ball cricket, even in like whatever cricket you played in in structured cricket, like stitch ball, for instance. I don't think they call it stitch ball in in Chennai. Right? They call it cricket ball or leather ball or whatever. Like we did a similar episode with, with Delhi and uh, Bangalore and then uh, Calcutta as well. And they all have different terminologies in the sense like a two G that we call two G is called two D in in Bangalore. It's too declared, not too granted. Okay. So yeah, and and chucking is called manga. That that I think is like in Delhi, it's called butta, for instance. Is it called manga in Coimbatore as well? Yeah, it is. Okay, okay. Manga adi kran, yeah. So that and also direct it is called manga. So much as some manga adi kran is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so there used to be that, and uh, uh, I, uh, I mean, for the purpose of this podcast, all of the other some of the terms that we use here are uh, uh, are not uh, PG or G. It is eighteen plus. So therefore, uh, uh, <laughs> those those were those were because. i think it it stems from the competitiveness of uh, street cricket that uh, that sledging was such a big part of it and uh, therefore the terms that were used were all uh, i i don't know if i can say that out in in allowed uh, uh, sitting here in my home so you know there are there used to be certain characters in the team who are very competitive who take it to another level as if as if it's an india pakistan world cup final that's happening and and the, if you see from outside it will be like a, a 10 rupee bet match on either side and uh, you have uh, specific sledges that you have to go and there used to be specific uh, terminologies for team uh, that one pode illa rendu pode apple pode so so those are those are the team specific things that you want uh, to say to your teammates that uh, the opposition will not understand or you'll say certain things in certain ways that it will obviously rile up the opposition batsmen uh, because they are not professionals and they give in to that emotion and uh, more often than not that brings a wicket as well so so, so the easiest way to call off a match is essentially if there's a bet match right the easiest way to call off a match is to open your wallet and, and pretend to throw the money that's it the the tempers rise the egos raise hey who do you think is playing for money here and that's it the, the match ends and everybody goes home uh, and i think few matches if this thing happens the only good thing about being a professional cricketer when it comes to this part is you know you don't end up on a fist fight <laughs> there are so many incidents where you know i've seen a lot of fist fights when you play tennis ball cricket as well uh, 
80 percent of all the matches uh, that <laughs> I have played in streets, especially if it is bet match, right? It doesn't matter what the uh, the, the denomination of the yeah, yeah it True. doesn't matter at all. It is just like once money is involved, even if it's a 50 paise both side match and less six people each side, uh, because it's six people each side, you have to uh, borrow some fielders from the other side, even if they're doing their best. You always With say, that, yeah, you always complain saying no, he's playing for them. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 uh, most of my lingo uh, around cricket are, I, I think they are pretty standard from what they use in the rest of Tamil Nadu. But uh, some of us, uh, some of them are, uh, yeah, like unmentionables. That's what I can say. Uh, Mahesh, you can you can uh, be the nice guy here and uh, say the mentionable ones. Well, the mentionable is the standard one, right? Adi Tail, Osi Gaji, Soduke. Uh, you know, like they don't call it right arm pace, right? They they call it right arm face, face bowling. It's yeah. not pace bowling. Right? <laughs> so, uh, stuff like that. In terms of, uh, okay, the other thing that I want to touch upon, I'm not sure how much of an experience Jagadishan would have had this, like we just mentioned. Uh, what is the most common sort of cause of conflict in a, in a local match, right? Uh, the ones that I can readily remember the most amount of conflict I've seen for the most absolutely useless rule in local cricket is that the bowler is expected to tell the umpire which side of the wicket he's bowling from. And the batsman doesn't care. The batsman has no pretension that he wants to know whether he's bowling over the wicket or around the wicket. But the umpire decides that that is a, a crime and he calls it a no ball. So, and you, you can't just go say right arm over, right? It is such an obsession that four fielders from the team will come and tell the umpire, hey, he's bowling right arm over the wicket. I've told you, I've told you, I've told you. And then the guy gives a no ball saying he didn't say it. That happens in every match almost that I have played in. I don't know why it matters, but it happens in every match. Is that, is that something that you experienced, uh, Jagadishan? Yeah, I have actually. Um, I mean, telling the umpire, the when all the cricket players on the field have so much ego when it comes to tennis ball cricket, I think the umpire has got a lot more ego when it comes to this matter. He needs each and every specific from the bowler, what he's going to do, what, from where he's going to bowl and stuff. Uh, I have had uh, crazy fights, uh, conflicts, uh, where, uh, you know, the ball is wide, obviously wide. The batsman goes chasing it and he gets an edge and the keeper catches it. Uh, but the principle of the matter is, uh, it's not that the batsman has edged it, it is... It is still across the wide <laughs> line. Therefore, <laughs> yeah, it was wide first, and then I chased it. Then I then I touched it. Therefore, it's not out. So that so things like that. It, it is ridiculous, but it in in that moment it it felt like a very principled fight that you have to fight. Is it wide first or is it the back? so? Also, that is ignorance of the rules, right? Like uh, it's not it's not coming from a place of learned. Uh, okay, uh, talking of ignorance of the rules, I'm going to ask this question, and I expect a standard answer from both of you. When you're playing street cricket or tennis ball cricket, how do you measure the pop increase? How do you draw the pop increase? What is the measurement unit? You just Bad. keep your foot Bad. and stumps and then took a, take a jump. That's it. Sorry. Fail, Jagadishan. Bat, no. bat, bat. Bat, what? You tell me the measure. Bat and a half. Bat and handle. Bat and a half. Exactly. That's the universal Shit, measure. I know the answer. I, I, I would say but, bat and handle. But uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, bat it's and either half. bat and handle or bat and half. But usually people count handle as half the bat. I don't know why. Yeah, and and you used to have like 20 minute stoppages in play. 
already you are coming from school it's it's getting darker there there will be that one guy who will be like uh, keeping the bat and then he will carefully mark that end of the bat and then he will take the handle and it will it's it will be like on scientific experiment that guys do it and what what is worse is that uh, you know once you draw the line it doesn't stay there right these are not white paint that you draw it's just a a, a line in the sand that you draw so when there is a stumping or a run out the, yeah. the umpire forces you to just stay there and they draw the crease all over again measuring the one and a half bats again yeah <laughs> and and then it will be like a forensic science like uh, they will see where the so when you ground the bat and uh, you drag the bat in so the bat makes the ridge right and they will start measuring from where the ridge came started and what was it they'll start replaying it will be so we had more stoppages in street cricket matches because everything used to be one panchayat scene and uh, than the actual match itself the actual match will be like what eight overs per team or 10 overs per team or 12 overs per team it will not be more than that 15 would be like a rarity but that those used to take like a, a full t20 match time it used to take 4 hours because of all the stoppages all the conflict resolution and then you then you finally go home with that 5 rupees or you go home grumbling that's 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 and, usually the scene and you know what's the other funny thing that happens with all these disputed runouts and stumpings while they draw the line most of the people will not know the rules of what should be determined uh, out or not and there are these four people who watch cricket and they have read the mcc laws and they watch it with the commentary and all that they will be the one fighting saying the line belongs to the umpire <laughs> <laughs> like nobody knows where the line is the line belongs to the umpire will be said said by a guy who worships sashabubli for instance yeah so that actually that's a good segue for us to move into to sort of interesting characters in 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 the local cricket uh, jagadish and who's who are some of the most interesting people that you play cricket with who had absolutely no ambition to become you know to take cricket seriously but uh but they were still very very interesting for what they offered i mean i think it's uh, gene for all the bowlers especially people who actually bowl fast bowling be it tennis ball cricket or cricket ball i think all the fast bowlers are have really uh, really really you know very competitive character and also a kind of weird character i think each and every fast bowler i've actually faced or i've known everybody I'll, i think a lot of people like that and uh, to be specific um, i haven't actually had a lot of uh, you know fights or something playing playing with a tennis ball but cricket ball i've seen a lot of characters where you know i've gotten a lot of fights with so i mean being a fast bowler they all they always have their ego hitting the match saying that i'm very quick even though if they're bowling at 120 or something they feel like they're bowling at 150 so so at that point of time you know every all of a sudden let's say that a bowler who's bowling at 120 uh, bowls a good ball and i get beaten or something all of a sudden he comes up to you and he tells you like what am i just too quick for you i mean you're not able to face me was just going in a flash and stuff <laughs> being a batsman obviously provokes you saying you 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 just tend to get into a fight would did you have characters who bowled like gentle medium pace like mark elam and stuff like that and uh, like idea bowling that they used to say that's another term yeah, idea, idea bowling, bowling is a good term actually yeah idea you bowling is that uh, jagdish in your place um yeah i've faced a lot of bowlers like that um no no but the term idea bowling 
idea bowling yes you know uh, that again there was one incident where you know we were playing our under 13 state match in bangalore and there was one fast bo- i mean sorry uh, there was a batsman it, it's for bowlers and batsmen i feel so there was a bowler who was just coming and running and all of a sudden there was some dust particle which you know went inside the batsman's eye or something and he just moved away we were just under 13 that time and all of a sudden everybody from the dressing room started shouting macha idea batting dare idea batting dare you know a coach got a coach got so pissed that he blasted the entire team saying what the hell is wrong with you guys you guys are playing bloody state cricket not some tennis ball cricket and something he blasted each and every one of us uh yeah that's that, that term also, that you guys use in tnpl for instance i'm sure a lot of people come from different backgrounds is that a term used in tnpl idea batting idea bowling idea fielding whatever no honestly speaking i don't think any any people use the term idea batting idea bowling right now idea bowling is something it, it's become a culture where you know let's say that if somebody is bowling a good wide yorker then they say what's a some idea bowling da like that it's not now it's not so silly like you know when a bowler comes and he stops halfway or the batsman just moves over nowadays people don't say idea batting in the kind of cricket i play at least yeah for us for us uh, by 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 sheer coincidence the guy who used to do that was uh, uh, balasubramaniam who's called mani so he was idea mani so that that idea money also adds a government angle to this yeah. so so yeah so it fit the name so perfectly and uh, his idea was always to run fast and bowl slow so <laughs> that, that, that is not idea that is lack of skill no no that uh, the point is he, he used to he used to bowl pace and then his slower balls were called uh, idea because he, uh, at that point in time the gauge of like the pace of the ball you don't have that skilled players who who can connect it right who, who who can't wait a fraction of a second and then whack it so you go with the flow you get uh, a, a slower ball you scoop it up so that uh, became, so he became the idea money of of the team <laughs> yeah so so, uh, so so that brings us to another term as well that we missed like uh, idea money will bowl tough tougher pode tougher bowling pode correct tough is another thing that uh, essentially contain right don't give away runs yeah don't yeah, give away that, runs so um, actually i forgot that i just got i just got reminded by that yeah term. tougher bowling pode means uh, i mean that became a subculture by itself that there used to be bowlers who who will not take wickets because they know the uh, because maybe batsmen were also unidimensional right like in street cricket you used to you can find more players who are who can hit in the leg side far more easily than they can place it uh, do a cover drive or a cut those used to be lesser proportion than the leg side players so if you bowl uh, off stump you will you will not end up getting lot of wickets but uh, nobody cared about wickets if a team was like uh, no loss for 30 in 15 overs that itself was uh, was a great achievement so wickets were never a premium thing so tougher bowling usually translated into that guy is not getting wickets but it's okay he's not giving more than like three or four runs an over that's that's cool so 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 there is to be that idea money is also used to be a uh, tough bowler for us okay talking of characters i must elaborate on this uh, guy called michael that i mentioned earlier passingly uh, so he goes around telling everybody that he taught elbalaji how to bowl 
and and he was i mean this was a time when balaji was really bowling beautifully in pakistan and then then subsequently uh, in the return tour of pakistan in india and uh, so there was a match that we were playing in idpl uh, and we were as in i was not involved in that game at all we were playing in a different place like far away like you you had to literally take a bike and go around like for 10 minutes to reach our place uh, so there was a match going on in this Uh, in michael's team where he was bowling the last over last three balls 18 runs required and some kid hit him for three sixes right like the word went around in entire idpl and and, and anybody from chennai can really relate to this because idpl is a massive vast of land and everybody in that massive vast of land came to know of it because michael is so notorious for all his stories and all his sort of fatherly advice and the whole idpl was celebrating for this and the funny part was this guy comes and says he was so disappointed with it and you would think he is disappointed because he he gave away 18 runs of three balls which is almost impossible but he was disappointed because the batsman played all the wrong shots it seems seriya vaadla pa enna shot aadran there is that so a weird character reminds me of one other guy who's be very short and uh, he is uh, he he was uh, uh, he was proficient at hitting sixes like all his reputation came from hitting sixes which used to be a rarity in in our circle at least because given how horrible the pitches were and uh, so so six hitting was like an event uh, so that guy's reputation he used to be called into variety of teams uh, he was called veera veeramani so he used to be like part of every team because uh, having him as opener uh, would uh, would actually guarantee you at least one or two sixes that's his role after that he's, he has nothing much to do if he hits two sixes in a game that's it he's done and uh, so so that was a weird character and he has a very specialized like even if he if he he would his modus operandi is either dot balls or sixes so swing at everything until you get out if you connect three that's it you're done for the match and uh, <laughs> you, you can you can you can you can you know as the baseball term you, you can be rotated out uh, so that that was a very weird and uh, specific character I, i have not since seen that or uh, maybe there are characters like that but uh, he used to be a singular character at that point in time and at the same time to be honest i think uh, when you guys are talking about all these weird characters right there was an incidence where you know where i actually faced the guy i mean it was not about the character but it is technically weird technically so this guy he comes on to the field and you know he bats he holds the bat you know generally we just hold our bottom hand with a right and our bottom hand is right and our top hand is left right so this guy comes into bat and you know he's got his bat ulta like he's got his left hand down and his right hand top and all of a sudden we just started laughing saying dude what's he doing man i don't think he's ever played cricket and stuff <laughs> and he he happens to be the biggest six hitter i've ever seen i think especially in a tennis ball cricket so that was really technically weird and you know i was really astonished by looking at that so even this actually i think it comes in as a character like you you've actually not experienced anything like this and all of a sudden when you see someone holding a bat ulta and you know him hitting the biggest sixers out of all i think that was an eye opener as well 
So switch, and, it, uh, switch it way before KP did it. Yeah. <laughs> and switch it, it as actually, the default. Yeah, it's not even switch it. It's a normal hit with it. Uh, switch grip, I switch guess. Grip, switch yeah. grip, yeah. Switch <laughs> grip, I guess. Idea grip. We should call it idea grip. Idea grip. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so from there, uh, we'll probably move on to uh, to the most popularly imitated uh, cricketers in uh, in i mean you could probably talk about early growing up years irrespective of where it was it may be in your academy or or in your school matches but who were the cricketers most popularly imitated when you were growing up um i think it's always been sachin tendulkar rahul dravid and ricky ponting these were the three cricketers who we've actually idolized and we've tried imitating them a lot and for all the left hand batsmen i think it was brian lara everybody was just trying to you know have a have a back lift like him where literally the bat went 360 degrees for him so these were the main players and i i happen to be a very big fan of ricky ponting and I've, even now at times in the nets i try imitating him you know with that small jerk and then you know the front foot pull shots it's so graceful to watch him but so personally i've tried copying a lot of ricky ponting and a bit of rahul dravid but a lot of players have tried copying sachin tendulkar okay was yeah. it just the batting or do you do you also copy the mannerisms like do you spit on your hand like ponting does and it's actually been the mannerism as well but being a wicketkeeper i've never been able to you know spit on my own hands and i think that's one of the one of the best things i can actually do being a wicketkeeper if not being a fielder you actually need to you know touch everybody's pitch to shine the ball and stuff and all so that is one good thing which i feel has got perks with wicket keeping and uh, you know i mean i'm pretty sure even you people when you were played you would have obviously tried to copy sachin tendulkar's mannerism where he used to spread his adductors a bit wide yeah yeah so one other question since you are uh, a wicket keeper uh, are there mannerisms that you pick from let's say someone like gilchrist or toni or uh, some other keeper that you have picked not just uh, while playing street cricket but uh, throughout your career as well i have i mean uh, there have been times where i've actually imagined myself as you know toni toni is someone who can actually cover a lot of distance especially for spinners because his structure is also so big that literally a step will cover the sideline as well so i've i've imagined myself as dhoni and also mannerisms yes i've imitated i've tried to imitate a lot of adam gilchrist you know the way he moves and the way he sits also brad had in the way he sits his back will be literally you know leaning front and i've tried sitting like that as well and also there was another thing where gilchrist used to do you know every time he took a catch or something he used to just throw the ball up and you know have a reverse cup and catch the ball again behind his back so i have also tried that <laughs> nice so uh, i don't think anybody who grew up playing cricket after gilchrist uh, came into being will not you know sort of imitate gilchrist in some way or the other right yeah he was so bustly man uh, like he was so energetic and uh, in the crease while batting as well right like you can literally sense like energy is emitting out of him as as opposed to let's say virender seva so the effect was the same but uh, both kind of the energies that they brought into the crease was like wildly different 
True, when I called true. you for the podcast, I knew you were quite young, uh, but only now it struck me that, that when Gilchrist announced himself to the world by playing that extraordinary knock against Pakistan and Hobart in the fourth innings chase, you must have been four years old? Uh, yeah, I think. Oh, oh, probably even less. I think you were born in December, I just realized. So, yeah, probably not even four. Interesting. So, when did you really sort of uh, consciously start following Gilchrist's career? It must have been fairly deep into his career, right? Not deep, actually, to be honest. Um, I've, I mean, since I started wicketkeeping, I've always, you know, you when you start taking something as a profession, you obviously want to see the best of the people doing the job so that you can get a bit of insight from that. So, as soon as I became a I was I turned into a wicketkeeper. It's always been Gilchrist. I've seen a lot of Gilchrist videos and you know have Ian Ely was someone who's who I've actually seen at the end. But Gilchrist is someone who I've actually followed be since I've become a wicketkeeper. So do you remember like his hundred in Mumbai in two thousand one, for instance? Do you remember watching it live? Uh I don't remember watching it live, but obviously I've seen the knock. Okay, okay. Fair I think I think this is all benefit of the YouTube and uh, now that we have a lot of footage available on uh, outside on the internet. I think uh, that has also helped a lot of cricketers more than also like uh, lay people like us. Without any doubt, a lot. I think for all aspiring cricketers to know the kind of cricket all these legends play, a lot of credit has to go to the media, I guess. Like media platforms like YouTube. Fantastic. Mahesh, who, use, who do you use to imitate? About, uh, don't say Sachin. Other no, no not Sachin. So, I was a big Dravid fan. So, I was... Uh, uh, so, funnily, I was the guy who, who everybody heckles in the team because, see, being a Dravid fan, my favorite Dravid stroke was actually the non-stroke. It's his classical leave, right? He plonks his front foot forward as if he's going to cover drive. And then he lets the ball go with an exaggerated sort of uh, movement of the bat. I was just so fascinated by it. You're leaving the ball and you take so much effort for it. So that was my go-to shot to imitate. And unfortunately, you can't do that in a 12-over, 16-over match, right? I still try and do that because I happen to captain the team most of the time. So I can afford to waste two or three balls just for my little satisfaction. But uh, most of the times we do this in the, in the street when we are playing. That's like our net practice, so to say. So there is, that's our imitation sort of playground. And I was imitating uh, Rahul Dravid all the time. And bowling bowling was the real fun, right? We had all kinds of actions in the 90s. There was Waka, there was uh, Shoaib, there was uh, Darren Guff, for instance, who had a very unique action. There was Dominic Kaur. Uh, I had the most fun imitating, actually, Mohammad Zahid, who's a Pakistan uh, terribly fast bowler. He had this phenomenal debut. I think he took a 10-week haul against uh, uh, New Zealand, if I'm not wrong. He was bowling blistering pace, you know. And he and Shahid Nazir also came pretty close to each other. And both of them were like 90 miles per hour kind of bowlers. Uh, and Mohammad Zahid also had this action, which was essentially a very fast version of Chris Harris. And imagine Chris Harris bowling at that pace and Zahid bowling at this pace. So <laughs> I had the most fun imitating Mohammad Zahid's bowling action, to be honest. Uh, uh, for me, uh, it, it, you, you know that there is a meme called expectation versus reality, right? Like in your mind's eye, there is an expectation that you can uh, do <laughs> crazy things and then reality catches up faster. So, 
so for me the utility the the most useful thing as i was saying was the azer flick from offside to onside mid wicket that i kind of practice and somehow got a handle because i am slightly tall so that used to help me a lot at least to get out of strike and uh, and that is uh, as far as bowling uh, batting is concerned bowling i think uh, uh, i tried uh, i mean wakar was uh, wakar uh, was great and even jawagal srinath had a unique action right like where he used to take both his arms up and then uh, and then deliver the ball so but i i found the easiest action for me was uh, curtney walls and uh, because it was so economical it was so nice that you can you you can't chuck with that action and it also helped you a lot to deliver the ball like from wide of the crease to let's say off in middle so uh, if whenever i went close to the crease i used to bowl like crazy amount of wide so i i just stuck to walls and uh, uh, walls's action that kind of helped me out in lot of uh, i mean not win matches i'm the, my my reality bar is like i should bowl six balls it should all be like not wides and uh, there should not be more than like five or six runs of that over so that used to be my success factor and uh, i used to find those these two things azar to get off strike and uh, <laughs> walls to bowl a correct over those help me a lot actually <laughs> that actually like, sounds very funny you know when you say expectation versus reality because no that is the now, ca- that is the that is the reality for us like uh, yeah, who are not professionals yeah that's very true right? without any doubt with no no without any doubt it's true for everyone i feel even now because i'm not a regular bowler still i keep bowling a lot so the funny part is like even now okay when i was practicing day before yesterday i was given the ball and i was you know bowling with the new ball so as soon as they gave me the new ball you know i imagined myself as uh, you know and jimmy anderson and i was bowling in this action so thinking that the ball is going to swing in swing out swing the i can make literally make the ball talk if i was jimmy anderson but you know that was my expectation but again when you just go back to the video you, you know what close to jimmy anderson even your action is literally your same action again when it comes so yeah. that's actually funny when you actually see yourself do the imagine something and do something so and after the ball gets a bit old you always i feel like getting getting into a mental state saying that i'm glen megra and i need i just need to you know keep bowling at one spot but yeah. all these videos they just show the true colors of what you actually are and it's, <laughs> it's, it's so funny when you actually see and you'll be thinking shit i think i've been uh, imagining myself as jimmy anderson and uh, i'm not even 1% of what jimmy anderson is no for us like uh, absent of videos our teammates reactions will immediately tell okay you <laughs> okay time to cool down time to get out of fantasy land and uh, deliver six balls very because, true yeah so and we also had this guess the action competition right you try to imitate somebody but you don't tell them you ask them to guess and when they can't guess it just <laughs> fucking kills your ego right that happens so many times like it happens even now like you know all of us and i'll go into the i'll go into the room and i'll take a bat and i'll be like machai the aaron sulra papona i'll do something and they'll be literally thinking <laughs> who is this now and i'll be like machai i cannot be more precise than this i'll be thinking to myself 
<laughs> and these people will be like hey, what are you talking about are you know we're close to this player and stuff and all they eventually they don't guess the player and after that when i tell them the answer they start laughing saying much don't ever try doing anything next time so so for me interesting thing is the 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 non cricketer i the my first imitation was a second hand imitation because uh, my uncle used to uh, uh, like bowl like narendra hirwani right and uh, even uh, uh, from that that was when i was very young but uh, later i would hear his friends say that he used to have a very good uh, uh, narendra hirwani impression which which included the bowling as well like the ball will actually spin so and it will land in the right spot so so i imitated my uncle first so that 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 is how imitation started like uh, because he used to imitate irwani a lot and i used to imitate my uncle a lot and that's how i think uh, we all come from cricket crazy family so i think that was my first imitation and the most most hilarious imitation that i've seen is like uh, like we all were like when growing up we had a india centric obsession right like that's the cricket that we used to see i remember one of my friends uh, like obsessed with andrew hudson uh, hudson used to have a like a exaggerated uh, back lift and and uh, obviously andrew hudson had the skill to live with that back lift and play international cricket uh, our guy Uh, he only had the back lift he he couldn't bring the bat down in time to catch even a half volley so <laughs> so so it will be great like when the bowler is running and the batsman he's he's having this exaggerated back lift it looked like something awesome is going to happen but after two or three matches we kind of knew okay this guy is going to either either he's going to miss time the ball or he's going to be clean bowled of a of a regular delivery so so those two impressions are like vividly i can recall those <laughs> actually when you're talking about backlift uh, of andrew hudson I, i thought there was a good segue to move into the next uh, point which is about which cricketer do you think would have succeeded both indian and international cricketers that would have succeeded in the street cricket scene of your place and and when you mentioned backs uh, you know the, the andrew hudson backswing i was thinking that's something that's absolutely detested in street cricket you are meant to you know have nothing no swing at all just hold the ball, bat as close to the ground as possible because otherwise somebody who can who can get the ball under like i mean even with tennis ball a lot of people bowl very quick and a yorker you're gone right so the default technique of every tennis ball cricketer is no backlift at all or even if there's a backlift it's more like a robin sing kind of a backlift so uh, i always thought whenever i saw robin sing bat i was like this is the guy he's made for traspuram you know he should just come here one he has no backswing and then with that little backswing he can still whack them for a big six and predominantly on the on side right so robinson yeah. would have been a fabulous uh, sort of cricketer in tennis ball scene in in chennai the other big uh, sort of non mainstream of course there's ab de villiers and and you know kevin peterson or whatever but the other big one that i thought would have made a big difference is justin kemp the south african cricketer who for a brief while was doing what uh closner was doing before not for as long as closner did but just for a period of 6 or 8 months he could hit those big sixes again like you know he can get underneath even the fullest of balls and hit them for sixes so i think those two cricketers probably if if i have to pick a batsman with a back lift 
uh, with an exaggerated backlift, it's probably Klosner, right? Because his bat speed is so much that he's going to deceive the bowler into bowling full. Uh, what is called, by the way, that's another local term, bat pitch. Do you, do you call it bat pitch in uh, in Koyamathur, uh, Jagadishan? No, I've never heard of it. A half volley uh, is called over pitch delivery or a bat pitch. It's called. Macham bat pitch. Oh. Oh. Essentially, or... pitching at the bat. <laughs> so, you, uh, I, I think someone like Kuzner would have induced a bowler to bowl that bat pitch ball and, and kind of whack. I think these are the three three batsmen that I can think of. Uh, what about you guys? I definitely think Lance Kuzner and stuff, you know, 100% with the back lift, I think even they, they would have been good. But coming to current generation of cricketers, I think, uh, again, as I said, Chris Lynn would be my go-to choice. He's literally playing baseball. <laughs> <laughs> So he would, yeah. That's some. That's a different talent altogether to hit the ball like that. So I would definitely go with Chris Lynn, and and uh, for some reason I feel Andrew Simons also would have been good because he was very powerful and you know he had a lot of onside shots as well. Hmm. Oh, any Indian batsman bowlers? Indian batsman. I mean, you already uh, said El Balaji. So. Bowler, of course, El Balaji. Both of us will say El Balaji. Yeah. And I also have to say because he's from my neighborhood. Uh, Indians, I think, I don't I don't know, man. Batsman, I think, Shevag. Oh, uh, shit, actually, Azaruddin. Without any doubt, I think if the bowler is going to bowl somewhere, Outside Austin is going to hit you somewhere onto the onside. If someone is going to bowl to your legs, he's going to hit you through the point. So, you never know how he is going to be. Yeah. So for me, uh, for me, I think international, I'll, I'll pick two people. One is Afridi because uh, 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 that is another term uh, that uh, we had in uh, Tamil Nadu, right? Like cart, cart player, like cart uh, like, So uh, how does that translate like uh, slogger? That's what it translated. Yeah. So, so, so Afridi used to, I think, Afridi can be devastating, man. In uh, because he doesn't have to. He has the power. He doesn't have to middle or even time it. He just has to swing through the line anywhere, and I think it will clear. So Afridi is one, and uh, I really like Maxwell, man. Glenn Maxwell, I think, uh, would be a great street player, not just for the power. Okay, so uh, you remember that IPL where. He was uh, hitting Ashwin left and right. right? You, you remember that? I think it was like 2016 or 15. Yeah, I do. I do. So, so it was because like Ashwin being the terrific bowler that he is, he, he used to set plans for Maxwell and then he used to lose, uh, leave spaces out uh, where he thought that the ball won't go. Like Maxwell used to make sure that the ball went right where the field was just moved, right? Like and and he has this unorthodox way. And even in that uh, World Cup match where uh, Wahab was uh, bowling like crazy, uh, Maxwell hit one. Uh, I don't even know what that is. He put his uh, uh, the the right leg uh, in front and left leg back, and he tried something which is not even a reverse shot. It's it's a reverse uh, hook shot. Which uh, which went in front of square or something for a six. I was like, what the hell is that? And so for that kind of uh, audacity, right? Uh, 
uh, i would say maxwell afridi international uh, india i think sure i will go with robin singh and i will also go with uh, sevag because uh, i generally sevag think sevag doesn't uh, he hits more square of the wicket and he, he kind of uses the pace of the ball he doesn't generate his own pace right in the sense maybe yeah yeah i would i wouldn't pick sevag in my team let me put it that way <laughs> I would but I'm just going with Sevag. I'm just going with Sevag because he's not someone who will actually plan on hitting Vato. I mean, he's not someone who actually plans on Vato. But I think his hand-eye coordination is so good that he can actually, you know, get the ball from off to leg or so anywhere. There, there used to be this Hong Kong Sixers man where Robin Singh really oh, that did. That was uh, that was that was probably my best show. I mean, I used to literally watch each and every match. Yeah, I think Robin Singh and India once hit like 99 in five overs. I think uh, chasing 94 or whatever. I think in that you have to retire after you score 30 or 25 35, or something. 35. 35. Yeah, and then he did it in six or seven, seven or eight balls. Uh, so, so he was yeah, he was fantastic hitter. Okay, now that we've got a. a proper first class cricketer and made him talk about street cricket we should focus a little bit about his first class career as well uh so jagdeep tell us a little bit about your journey from from let's say coimbatore to play for tamil nadu how easy or tough did you find it to be because typically i don't know if it's true or not but from outsider perspective it seems like living in chennai has a certain sort of distinct head start over people from other parts of tamil nadu did you did you find that a harder door to knock for you um i think i strongly disagree on that because uh, you know yes uh, probably probably 20 years back or something it was very dominant in chennai but right now you see so many players from coimbatore like i mean i mean i think district players are dominating right now to be honest even in the ranji trophy team you have about like seven to eight district players in the team so and especially people from coimbatore there are so many i mean let's say let's say tnpl that we've got around 25 players in TNPL from Coimbatore and when you look at Chennai league matches you've got easily about I mean right from 5th division to 1st division you've got easily more than 100 players so there are so many cricketers from districts who are upcoming right now yes it was very chennai dominant before uh, a long time back it was even before you know i started my cricket but this notion was there always because i think uh, city had always been dominating all these combined districts match and stuff you know city was hands down the winners against the district team but i think once my set of people i mean my set was probably the best year in coimbatore so we started winning a lot of tournaments over here and it's only because of that i'm i can you know take this and consider saying that a lot of coimbatore people have also come up and it's only because of the way and the brand of cricket we played and you see so many cricketers and because of all these cricketers and stuff i think even the city for cricket infrastructure that's developing a lot so i think uh, districts is at at the moment i think we see a lot of district players more than city players in a state side but yeah when it comes to you know growing as a cricketer it's always been a very tough task because you know it's a very competitive world and uh, you always see people 
keep performing because everybody aspires to you know play for ranji trophy at some point of time so likewise i started my career just playing going to the academy playing and stuff and eventually you know there was one year where i did i performed pretty well and i got into the under 13 state side so as soon as i got into the state side that was probably the changing phase in my career saying okay fine i'm i'm actually pretty good at this so probably the, i can actually take this as a profession so only after playing for state i think i took cricket as a profession and i concentrated and i put in a lot of hard work playing this sport rather than you know going to school studying 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 i think cricket that's when i my perception perception changed so i like as time went by you know i was playing for the under 13 state and after that it got changed to under 14 state under 16 and under 19 these were the growing years for me and i think that was one very good season for me in the under 19 so that was the season which actually you know got me a lot of recognition and you know i went out to play for the first division league as well the that season previous year i was there in the first division but i didn't get a lot of chances to play but because of that one good under 19 season i got to play in the first division as a starter from next year and uh, i performed pretty well over there and uh, you know like each and every cricketer's aspiration to play for your senior state side mm, i had the opportunity to play when i was 20 sure uh, one you got an early break but uh, uh, in terms of and you know also that you happen to join a generation where uh, where most of them have gone on to do well for themselves uh, not just for uh, at the ranji trophy level but they've also gone on to represent india uh, we've had vijay ashwin abhinav and also your uh, uh wicket keeping senior dinesh karthik as well so coming into the team how uh, does did that bother you that that you will not get to play all the matches in all the seasons uh, or you were just happy to get whatever opportunities you were getting i mean to be honest as i i i was just you know looking to make my breakthrough into the ranji trophy team when i got selected for the first time i really did not care if i'm going to play or not i just wanted to you know feel the exp- i i just i just been wanted to get the experience of how it's going to be in a senior dressing room and uh, in my first season i mean it was obviously that time being a youngster who has been playing under 19 cricket it was obviously a very big change for me and when you go and sit inside a dressing room which has got murli vijay r ashwin dinesh karthik abhinav mukund all these players l balaji i mean all these players when these people are there in the dressing room and that time a coach was also mr rishikesh kanathkar so when you see such personalities in the dressing room there's obviously a bit of fear it's not like your age category anymore you're there in the senior team and you know you you i was just trying to you know get the experience and feel good and feel comfortable with them because honestly i was a bit scared to be part of that team because when you see people like that you all you start questioning yourself saying are you good enough are you uh, can you actually survive in this level you obviously you played a lot of age categories but this is a point in your life where you have a lot of questions to yourself saying okay can i play this level can i sustain over here 
am I good enough for them? Because I see Indian players over here, and I'm someone who's just broken. I mean, who's just got selected to the Ranji Trophy team. There are a lot of questions. So I was actually okay not playing. Once all these questions started coming in, and one main question was, "Am I good enough?" The only answer I could get was, you know, by getting a chance. I was okay to be for being. I mean, I was okay to being dropped for I don't know five six matches also. But at some point of time, this question kept hitting me very hard, saying, "Am I good enough? Am I good enough?" So that's when I I was very eager to you know make my debut, and I wanted to play somehow and. Uh, For me, fortunately, Dinesh Karthik had an injury in his finger. So because of that, he played as a batsman. I came into the team as a wicketkeeper. So that was my breakthrough. We should also touch a little bit about your uh, about your CSK pick. The fact that you picked in the squad. How uh, one? How did that come about? Was it because of your performances in TNPL? And two, uh, how did you take that uh, take that move? I know it's exciting for you, but you also deep down know that the opportunity for you to play is going to be very limited. So, how did you look at that pick? I mean, again, as I said, like when I went into the Ranji Trophy team, I wasn't expecting to play. Likewise, when I went into the CSK team, I had zero intentions of playing my first season. Obviously, I just wanted to just sit and watch Dhoni, someone who I've actually admired and I've tried imitating as well. So, and not only him, there are so many legends on the team. So. i had no intentions of playing and i was i'm i was 100% okay if i'm not going to play obviously if i get a chance i'll be the most happiest but at the same time i had no expectations at all i just wanted to be you know sit in the dugout and experience how it feels because being a csk fan even i have seen a lot of csk matches live at the stadium but to be part of the team and sitting next to your favorite player i think it's again a very unreal experience and uh, as soon as you go in it's like you just want to you know be with them that's it that was my thought but after the first season obviously it's like okay you no longer want to sit outside you just want to play and you just have to wait for your opportunity that's the mindset and that's the change in mindset i had okay so if let's say one day dhoni gets injured so you are ready to just kind of step in and play although the the limelight in in ipl is going to be like many times without over any, what you said yeah. okay without any, i'll be the happiest to make my debut and you know i mean there's no other place to showcase my talent if i get an opportunity and i make the best use out of it i think uh, there's nothing like it okay so between your csk sort of uh, tenure and your uh, tamil nadu tenure in ranji trophy you happen to uh, sort of spend a lot of time with two very different wicket keeper batsmen and both uh, very very dynamic in their own sort of uh, ways and in many ways they were actually competing for the same slot for the indian team before dhoni kind of took it to a whole different level uh how so when you when you kind of try and pick your pick the brains of let's say dinesh karthik and dhoni uh, what is it that you've learned from them and what is sort of very different between the two as a wicket keeper i mean i think yeah and i think when you compare dinesh and ms dhoni i think both are different characters to be honest ms dhoni is someone who's really really calm and you know he's not someone who keeps talking a lot but then if you go and ask him something he's he'll never say no and he's always there to help you 
my bhai and uh, dinesh karthik at the other end is someone who's you know filled with energy is always up to is always up and ready to do something or the other and uh, you know and also i i happen to be a player like dinesh karthik i mean i just like going around you know having a lot of energy running around shouting like that so first time when i went into the ranji trophy team it was dinesh karthik i mean dinesh karthik was the biggest player at that time because arashin was not there for the first season when i played because he was busy with his national duties so obviously i was again a bit scared to be with dinesh karthik simply because of the stature he had and as time went by i got to know him and we became really close friends and you know now i actually know him so well that there's no way i can i could just call him anytime and you know ask him for a route and also he's helped a lot with me in wicket keeping because him being a wicket keeper you always see dinesh karthik practicing a lot of wicket keeping as well because first year he was he kept all the matches except for few so there were so many drills which i learned for him i mean learned from him there were so many different kinds of drills which i've never even you know imagined and uh, you know he is so again like i said he's filled with energy so he's someone who actually pulled me each and every time saying come to matava let's do some drills let's do some drills i mean during a practice session why do you want to stay idle come let's do a bit of keeping let's do a bit of keeping and also he was helping me with my batting a bit i think it was more of wicket keeping because wicket keeping is not something you know that's that's coming very naturally for me and dinesh karthik so we need to work for it batting is something which comes natural for us so we kept working a lot in our wicket keeping and he has been doing that for a, a very long time right now so since i made my ranji trophy debut i think i've been working a lot on my wicket keeping with dinesh karthik and i'm also discovering a new what is it i don't know like new ways of you know improving as a wicket keeper and that is something which i've learned over the years with dinesh and uh, when it comes to my bhai i think he's very silent you know he's not he'll just have a look at you i mean obviously he's got eyes on what you are doing all the time but he's not someone who comes and talks with you saying this that this that and stuff he keeps he, he i mean his way of looking at things is very simple and you know his basic concept is you know don't dive just move and collect the ball these are the type of advice you learn from ms dhoni for ms dhoni i think it keeping comes very naturally for him and uh, even though his technique is a bit unorthodox he is probably the best wicket keeper to have ever played for india maybe so to, these two are like two complete different characters one is always willing to you know put in a lot of work trying different things and ms dhoni till now not even once i've seen him you know touch the glove he wears his keeping glove only during matches while a practice session he just bats he bowls that's it i've never seen him touch the wicket keeping glove so that's been the characteristic i mean that's been the character of these two wow that's is quite a use for us that he doesn't even touch the gloves outside of the match never and in fact this i mean this year during i mean obviously i feel got postponed it but before that we had a camp csk camp that was the first time i've actually seen him wear a glove and you know ca- gather a few balls in practice but in the past 2 years not even once i've seen him touch the glove wow 
Okay, with that we come to the end of a very exciting discussion on on street cricket in Tamil Nadu and also a little bit of uh, a coverage on the career of uh, an upcoming promising wicket keeper batsman for Tamil Nadu Jagadeesan. Uh, thanks a lot for your time Jagadeesan. I hope uh, you go on to achieve great things in life and and individually as well as for our sake please get us a, a title in the Ranji Trophy. Uh, I think uh, we'll be forever grateful for that. Thank you so much. We'll definitely try for that. Just Good luck. Cheers. India have won the test match. India have won the series. They're going to get back for two. India at home. Lords goes wild.